the growth mindset believes that your ability is not fixed. You're born with maybe with some potential, but reaching that potential is up to you. It's up to you how much you grow. The fixed mindset, I think it was Dr. Carol Dweck at Stanford who talked about this. She said the fixed mindset believes that your talents innate, your skills are your skills. But the growth mindset, yeah, I think it can be learned. Welcome to the Midland Money Mindset. This is a podcast that's all about getting your mind right when it comes to all things money. In every episode, we go deep with engaging guests who provide tangible takeaways and a whole lot of joy along the way. I hope you enjoy these conversations as much as I enjoyed having them. Let's dive into today's show. I'm Larry Sprung, your host for the Midland Money Mindset and founder and wealth advisor of Midland Financial. Today's guest is Austin Hatch, Abby's husband, Hudson's dad, and inspirational speaker. Austin's story is one of tragedy, incomprehensible loss, and triumph. On Labor Day of 2003, Austin and his family were flying from northern Michigan to Fort Wayne, Indiana. As they were preparing to land, the aircraft crashed and burst into flames. His dad threw him out of the plane to save his life and went back into the flames to get his mom and siblings. But tragically, they did not survive. Austin and his dad grieved the tragic loss of the rest of the family and pushed on, which is what his mom and siblings would have wanted him to. Eventually, his dad remarried a woman that had three children, and they formed a wonderful blended family. Austin worked hard on his basketball skills and began to have success on the court and worked towards his dream to play for the University of Michigan. On June 15, 2011, Coach Balin offered him a full scholarship, which he accepted, and it was a dream come true. Nine days later, on June 24th, Austin was flying with his dad and second mom to northern Michigan to have a weekend of celebration. As they were preparing to land, the aircraft crashed, and everyone but Austin was killed on impact. He suffered severe injuries and was nearly killed himself. After being in a coma for over two months, he had to relearn how to walk, talk, and basically how to live life. With the help of many incredible doctors, therapists, his family, and friends, he found a way to make it to Michigan. Eleven years later, he graduated the University of Michigan and is a full-time motivational speaker with a message about grit and thriving in the midst of adversity. A lot of things had to happen for Austin to overcome the adversity and achieve his goals, but more than anything, it took grit. It has been said that grit is working hard for a long period of time, and Austin feels it takes grit every day to put ourselves in a position to achieve our goals. Our purpose drives grit. We all face challenges every day, and he believes his purpose in life is to help others find ways to thrive in the midst of them. Listen in for some great takeaways about how Austin has taken the incredible tragedy, loss, and challenges in his life into a life of helping others overcome challenges and using grit to do it. Today, I have the pleasure of having Austin Hatch, Abby's husband, Hudson's dad, and inspirational speaker with us today on the show. Welcome to the show, Austin. It's a pleasure to have you. 
Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Look forward to our conversation. As do I. So I know a lot about your backstory, and it's an incredible one at that. I was hoping that we could first start out and maybe give our audience a sense of who you are, who's Austin Hatch, and what got you to where you are today. Well, first and foremost, I'm Abby's husband. I've been blessed to be married to the girl of my dreams for five years, and she's incredible. We just walked on our first child into the world five months ago, Hudson Hudson James Hatch. He he's an he's an incredible blessing and. So I'm Abby's husband first, I'm Hudson's dad, a close second, and I'm an inspirational speaker, sharing my story and message about grit and overcoming adversity. So, Tell us a little bit about your backstory. How did you get to this point where you're this inspirational speaker? I know that it's a pretty involved story, but maybe you could just give us some of the highlights of what brought you to being an inspirational speaker around grit. Well, first and foremost, I was born to an incredible family. In foreign Indiana, we had an amazing life growing up. You know, my mom, Julie, was an incredible homemaker. And we had an older sister, Lindsay. She was an amazing girl, had so much potential. and was on her way to doing great things in life. And my little brother, Ian, I picked on him a little too much, like any big brother does. But, you know, it's such a great family, so close. And I feel like I have the childhood that most kids dream of. But on September 1st, 2003, we were flying home. My dad was a doctor, but we also had a small family playing. We were flying home from my grandparents' house in northern Michigan. And as we were preparing to land, the airplane tragically crashed and, you know, took the life of my mom, Julie. She was only 38 at the time. My sister, Lindsay, was 11, about to turn 12 a week later. And my little brother, Ian, was only five. Incomprehensible loss. But my dad and I pressed on and found a way to keep living in the midst of that. That's not something you ever get through. I mean, it's just an adjustment that you're forced to make. And Life was pretty good. You know, my dad and I were always super close, but we really bonded going through that event and experiencing the loss that we did tragically. Um, life was good, as I said, and he was remarried a few years later to an amazing woman named Kimberly who had three kids of her own. We had a great blended family. Not the same, obviously, but, you know, didn't replace the family that we lost, but, you know, great to have a mom and siblings at home again. And I was working pretty hard on my basketball skills on the court began to have success. My dream was always play for Michigan where my mom went to school. We had season tickets to Michigan growing up. I think I went to my first football game. So I was born October 94. I probably went to my first football game in the fall of 95. So, so Michigan's been in my family for generations. You know, my grandpa's went there. My, my mom went there. My dad had some experience at Michigan as well before medical school at Wake Forest. So it's been in my family for generations. And I look forward to having a great career there on my Michigan it's a dream come true. But then nine days later, nine days after I committed to play, we were involved in a second plane crash, tragically, on the way to northern Michigan this time, the same place we were returning from eight years earlier. And the second crash tragically killed my dad and my second mom, Kim. And should have killed me, too. By the grace of God, I'm here. Nothing else, I believe. By the grace of God, I'm here. I was in a coma for two months, two and a half months. And I came out of it. I had to learn how to walk and talk. And, you know, we basically had to live life again, right? But Made the decision early on that I was going to find a way to overcome that. I was going to find a way. Didn't know how, but I would just try to control the things that I control, that try to have some grit in the face of adversity. And yeah, you know, I'm blessed to have made a pretty good comeback. I was able to take my place on the team at Michigan. The coach beeline out of my scholarship, which is an incredible thing I talk about too. But yeah, it's obviously unfortunate life experiences that I've had, but it's also given me a, a great opportunity to, to inspire other people to overcome their challenges too, because we all face challenges every day. And I think part of my purpose in life is to help other people 
find ways to thrive in the midst of them. Yeah. Well, first and foremost, my thoughts and my condolences on the losses that you suffered. But at the same time, I agree with you, right? There's a reason why you're here. And I think you found your calling. And if you can inspire and help other people, there's got to be a reason behind that. So you definitely had some challenges along the way with the loss. It's amazing to me that you put in all this work through this tragedy in terms of working on your basketball skills and continue to strive for that opportunity to put on a Michigan jersey at some point in light of all this. What did it mean to you? What was that feeling like putting on that jersey for the first time and having that opportunity through all of these challenges that you faced leading up to that point? It was an incredible experience being a part of the team at Michigan. Obviously, I didn't have the role that I hoped to have when I committed to play on June 15, 2011. I hoped to have a great career there, hoped to be a contributing player, maybe have a chance to play after college, who knows. But, but then, you know, obviously the accident, you know, took away all my ability pretty much. But it's still great to be a part of the team. And I think my big thing is, is that as teammates, we're all a part of a team of some kind, whether it's business, family, whatever it is, right? We're all a part of a team of some kind. And sometimes how we want to contribute to the team or how we think we should contribute to the team is not actually what the team needs, right? And for me, I wanted to play, obviously, but I couldn't. The team didn't need me on the court because I couldn't do anything on the court. I could barely play, right? What the team needed for me was be a great teammate, shag balls in practice, help with drills, rebound and shoot around before games, unload luggage on road trips, right? And work hard every day to the best that I could be. And that was basically my role in a nutshell. All those things that I just listed are very much within, they were very much within my control. And I think how we, we all can choose what kind of teammates we're going to be. We can all choose how we show up for the team every day. And just remembering the fact that I think the team is counting on us all to reach our full potential and be counting on us all to be the best that we can be. So I'm just grateful for the opportunity that Coach Beeline gave me and I'm grateful that he honored my scholarship and you know, felt because it was the right thing to do. And he always told us, he said, do the right thing because this is the right thing to do. And I feel like in business, if we consistently just do the right thing, do the next right thing, we're going to achieve our goals. That's actually one of our core values here is have a fiduciary mindset, do the right thing. That's one of the tenets we live by. So it's nice to see that a university and a coach who committed to you honored that and you still had that opportunity to feel part of the team because it gave you an opportunity through a lot of challenge in your life to still have some of that consistency and ability to participate and brought you right back to that team atmosphere. Many times it's hard for us to, as people, to take different roles than maybe we think we should, but maybe we really should be taking. And I think it's also a testament to your intestinal fortitude in terms of taking on that role and adopting it and adapting it and really making the best of it. So it's amazing. Thanks for kind of words. And I think the big thing is, is we got to take some ownership, right? We got to take some ownership of whatever our role is. I think there's a difference between taking ownership of your role that you currently have while also striving to get better, like not being complacent, not being easily satisfied. You know, I am where I am. I'm not going to work to get any better. I'm taking ownership of this role, but I don't want to strive to get better at all. I think the team is counting on us, as I said before, to be the best we can be at our role every day. And I think we can take ownership of our current role 
while still striving to get better. And in fact, I think taking ownership of where we currently are will set us up to achieve, you know, goals down the road too, because we can't expect to become whatever role you strive to have, right? We can't get there unless we bloom where we're planted right now. Right. I mean, great. Yeah. So one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, and we actually talked kind of offline before we jumped into our conversation for the listeners today, is I can often be heard commenting about how far too many people associate themselves with their profession. Right. A lot of people in my profession, hey, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm a financial advisor. I'm a wealth advisor. I'm a CEO. I'm a business owner. Their identity is really tied to what they do for a living. And I love that your social media and even in the introduction I gave today, you describe yourself and others describe you as a husband, Abby, and Hudson's dad. I'd love for you to share with our listeners why you lead with those two things and not, hey, I'm a motivational speaker that has a company and we do talks to corporations and companies and businesses. That title as my profession, how I earn a living is important, right? You got to earn a living, got to provide, got to do what you can to build your business or whatever you choose to do, build your education, your teacher or your medicine or whatever you do. It's important to build that. But for me, and I'm not saying that everyone needs to have my priorities, but for me, first and foremost, I'm a husband and, and I'm a dad. That's number one, one A and one B. (laughs) That will never come second, ever. I think there's a quote from Walt Disney who said a man or woman, obviously, he said a man should never sacrifice his family for business, right? And so it's like, yeah, business is important, but it's never going to be ahead of my family. It never will. I just think when you keep the priorities in order, this is my order. Not everybody needs to agree with that, but that's how I view things. When you have your priorities in order and when your values are clear, decisions are easy. Like the decision to do anything. So say it's, I got a big family commitment and I get asked to go speak at a meeting somewhere. Well, no, it'd be nice, but sorry, I'm already committed to something else. Or like, right. I'm just making an example. Like I just think when you have your priorities in the right order, whatever, you, whatever that is for you, it makes the decisions easy. Listen, that resonates very much so with me because in my book that's released on April 18th called Financial Planning Made Personal, I talk about having core values, and one of the core values for me is family. And I literally cite an example that says, hey, if you ask me to attend an event or a business meeting or function on a date that I have something scheduled for my family, I will always choose the family event first. So 100% in alignment there. The other thing that I think about when people introduce themselves and tie themselves to the profession, it makes it very difficult as you start planning for retirement, if that's something that's in your vision, because if you tie yourself so tightly knit to that role, that title, that business, it makes it your identity and it makes it difficult to separate from that down the road. So I love what you're doing and I agree with you. We talk about a lot people having those core values and I think it's important that we have them for our businesses, we have them for our families. It's important to have that outlined and in full alignment with everybody either in the organization or the family. So thanks for sharing that. One of the things you talk about a lot is grit. Why do you think that grit is such an important skill? I don't know that I would call it a skill. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. I think it's more of like a mindset, right? Okay. 
Well, this is the Midland Money Mindset, so that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe having a mindset is a skill of sorts, I guess, right? But yeah, so I think that for me, given the, with the two tragic plane accidents that I was involved in, a lot of things had to happen to overcome those, especially the second one when I was almost killed from a personal level, right? I was almost killed in the second one. I was in a coma two months, right? And a lot of things had to happen to overcome that and achieve my goal of making it to Michigan. And I'm so grateful for everybody who helped me along the way. But I think more than anything, it took some grit. And my friend, Angela Duckworth at the University of Pennsylvania, she wrote a New York Times bestseller on grit. She's kind of the grit queen, if you will. She's a professor at Wharton Business School, and obviously an extremely smart lady, done incredible work on the whole idea of grit. And she says that grit is passion and perseverance for the long-term vision, for long-term goals. That's true. I totally agree with that. Grit applies to the long term, no doubt. But for me and my journey, grit was every day. I come out of the coma after the second plane crash, and you see Michigan way down the road. That's where you want to get to eventually. But how could I expect to achieve the long term goal if I'm not winning one day at a time, right? So I think so. I think grit's more specific than just working hard for the for the long term vision. So it's four key components to it. But first and foremost, I think it's grit's driven by a greater purpose. I think we need to work for something bigger than ourselves, whether that's your faith, your family, your friends, teammates, your organization, your part of whatever it is. I think we need to have something, find something bigger than ourselves that will drive us to do what it takes to overcome our challenges and achieve our goals. Because if it's just for ourselves, it'd be really nice if we overcame this challenge or found a way to bounce back from this, but it's just for my benefit. So yeah, not sure it's really worth the time, the effort, the sacrifice it's going to take because it's just for me. But if you have a greater purpose, your faith, our families, right? As we talked about, it's obviously very important to both of us. We'll do whatever it takes for our families, right? And if something is just for our benefit, eh, it'd be nice. But if it's for our family, we'll always, like I said, always do what it takes to get the job done, no matter the task, no matter the circumstance. So yeah. greater purpose drives grit at all times. I can, I can go through the four letters real quick if you want to. Or we can. Yeah, let's do that. What does the grit stand for for you? First letter, G, growth mindset. The growth mindset views adversity as opportunity. I believe adversity is opportunity. I really do because without the adversity, we couldn't overcome. That doesn't mean I ask for challenges to come my way. Nobody does. But when they come, I found it's more effective to shift our focus from only looking at the event, looking at the negative side, to focusing on the opportunity in it, right? There's no opportunity in the event itself. Usually, like no opportunity in the tragedies that I experienced, but the opportunity wasn't how I was given the opportunity to respond. So the R, the decision to be resilient. And a lot of people think of resilience as you're resilient if you bounce back and achieve your goals. Like people may think of me as resilient because I made it to Michigan after being in the two plane crashes that I was in and the second one that almost killed me. I get that. But I think resilience is more so focused on the action. You're resilient if you take action. And I think overcoming those challenges is a byproduct of being resilient. Resilience is every day. It's not whether or not you overcome, it's just whether or not you take action. So the I, integrity, I think it's, of course, being honest, as we talked about, of course, acting in the best interest of clients and having the fiduciary integrity, the certain, you know, all that's very important. Do the right thing when no one's looking. Integrity also includes following through on our commitments, especially when the circumstances change. Making a commitment and staying true to it, no matter what. Like what Coach Beeline did for me, offered me a scholarship when I was playing at a high level on June 15th, 2011. He thought that I could help his teams win on the court by scoring and rebounding. The second plane crash happened nine days later, almost killed me, should have killed me. And he came to see me in the hospital when I couldn't walk. And he said, I can't wait to have him on my team someday, Austin. I can't wait to coach you. Whenever you're able to come play for me, I can't wait to coach you. 
there was a chance I was never going to walk ever again. So what I conclude from that is that his follow through and his commitment to me didn't depend on the circumstance. He made a commitment. So he made a commitment, right? Great example. Yeah. If we do that consistently, always follow through on everything we say we're going to do to our clients, to our team members, to each other and to ourselves, we're going to win. And I think a quick side note there, I think a lot of people set goals. That's very important. Very important to have goals, things to work towards. But I found it's more effective to make commitments to put ourselves in position to achieve those goals, right? Like you want to run the marathon. Okay. Well, have the goal go from one mile to two miles to five miles to 10 miles, like, like set littler goals along the way that are more reachable in the near term and stay true to those commitments. Milestones along the way. Exactly. Right? Yeah. The last letter of gets T. T is the team first mentality. The team first mentality, as we talked about earlier, I didn't have the role that I wanted to have at Michigan. I would have loved to be able to play and help the team on the court, but I couldn't. So I took pride in the role that I could fill, rebounding shooter on before games, unload luggers on road trips, be a great teammate, be encouraging, be positive, bring energy, and work hard to be the best that I could be. That was my role, basically. I, you know, I couldn't. I scored one point in four years. I'm the all-time lowest scoring full scholarship athlete <laughs> in program history. But you got that one point. You got that opportunity to play, and that's really what matters after what happened to you previously, right? Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. So every person on the team has a role, and the role is very important. So I feel like we owe it to the team to take pride in, in our role, whatever it is. Yeah, amazing. I love that definition, and I love what each of those letters stand for. And to stick with the basketball for a minute, I've heard you talk about basketball, how you played basketball on your driveway with your dad, and that being some of the best therapy that you ever had. What is your reasoning behind that? What was therapeutic about playing basketball with your dad on the driveway? It wasn't about the basketball. It was about just being with my dad. I think they say a lot of young kids spell love t-i-m-e right and as in like just time like spending time with them and my dad's when i was a doctor really busy guy would see 40 50 patients every day really busy working his tail off there was always time for me and to whether it was to go play nine holes together and or play basketball in the drive but we'd go to father's son basketball camp in the summertime and he'd stay in the dorms with me for four days like just be there be present and like I said, it wasn't about the basketball. It wasn't about the golf. It wasn't about, you know, we'd go out to dinner together. It wasn't about going out to dinner. It was about, it was the time that he spent with me. And there's no playbook to lead a son through a tragedy like ours. I mean, there's no playbook for that. But I feel like my dad did the best that he possibly could. And as a dad now, I can't imagine what it was like for him to be in that position. And I'm just grateful for how present he was in my life and how he was always there. You know, obviously work is important, but when I was with my dad, it was me. I was what, what mattered. Like he was very present. Like he wasn't worried about anything else. It didn't seem like. Yeah. So I just think just the time he spent with me and the time he committed, like when he was with me, as I said before, when it was father, son time, it was father, son time. Everything else was out the window. So I want to carry that. I want to carry that on with our son too, as he grows up, make sure I'm very present in his life. Sounds amazing. And it's something that I would say as a father of a 17 and a 20 year old, 
Absolutely do it because it goes by in a flash. It goes by like 10 times as fast as you think it's going to go. So enjoy, be present, and enjoy every minute of it. Talking about your parents, I mean, what do you think, knowing what you know now and where you are today up until this point, what do you think your parents would be most proud about that they're saying, hey, I can't believe, and this really brings us a tremendous amount of joy that we're seeing Austin do what? What do you think is that thing that's bringing them joy or most proud of? I think be a dad by far, not even close. I mean, obviously, would have been cool for them, I'm sure. To, like I said before, my mom went to Michigan. We grew up going to football games. It was always my dream to play in Michigan. I'm sure it would have been cool for them to to get to experience that, have experience having me on the team. That would have brought them joy for sure. But I think, you know, not even close to the amount of joy that having a grandson for them would be and to see me be a dad. And I don't know how heaven works, right? I don't know if they can, but I feel like there's maybe there's some way they can see or I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> yeah, I feel like they'd be so proud and so happy for my wife and I to have welcomed a child into the world. And I feel like that's the, this is not really a thing I could even make a case for yet, but the ultimate measure of a parent is what kind of parents your kids become, right? Obviously what they achieve is important. That's all important. But like, I think the way that they take the lessons they learn from you in that like, you know, obviously way down the road, 25 years from now. But I feel like if Hudson becomes a, if he's a great son, if he's very respectful to everyone and leaves things better than he found them, right? And carries on the lessons that we hopefully teach him to his kids someday, that'd be a great feeling. Well said. So is there any question about Hudson going anywhere else other than Michigan or? Well. (laughs) Or what? (laughs) Well, a lot of people have asked that. (laughs) He's a big guy. So he was born a week early and he was about 11 pounds and 23 inches at a week early. So the doctors predict, yeah, based on your, my wife is actually six, five. So, oh, wow. So the doctors are like, yeah, yeah. Based on your height. Yeah. We think six ten or six eleven is probably pretty, pretty oh, conservative wow. estimate. So, yeah. yeah. So I don't care if he wants to play sports, but if he does, I think he'll, there's a good chance he'll go to Michigan. But here's the thing. Where we're moving, we're closer to Michigan State. Oh, boy. All right. (laughs) You might start a new lineage. Who knows? Yeah. Hopefully, he finds his way back here to Ann Arbor, you know, in 20, 20, (laughs) 18 years from now. That's funny. Yeah. As long as he goes to a program with a man, if he plays basketball or whatever sport he plays, even if he doesn't play sports at all, goes to a place and has a mentor or a coach like Coach John V-Line. One of the greatest men ever. Changed my life forever. Amazing. So talk about college for a minute. What do you think young people who are chasing the college athletics dream, you'll start seeing this as Hudson gets older more probably, but you've probably seen it as well through your lifetime. What do you think that those young people need to know if they're chasing that college dream, athletic dream? Make sure you really love it. Don't chase it because of the it's cool to have the college athlete title. Don't chase it because it's chase it because you love it. And also caught up on the level. Obviously, if you're, if you're able to go to a place like Michigan, go there. But like go to a place where you can, like I said, I couldn't really play at Michigan. I, you know, I got the opportunity to go and maybe I probably, I think I could have had a pretty good career there, but I got hurt and couldn't play is what it is. But don't go somewhere just because of the name of the school. Like 
where we're moving in Holland this fall is about 10 minutes away from Hope College, if you've heard of that. It's a really good Division three school, like really good, like usually competes for national championships in most sports. And if you go there, that's great. If that's what you can do, like crush it there. Don't get caught up going to Michigan because Michigan is Michigan. Don't get caught up on like the big D1. You're going to put in the same amount of work wherever you go. So go somewhere where you can play a lot and have a great time, get a great education. And, and my other big thing is college is a great four years, right? But don't let that be the highlight of your life. Always be thinking long-term and remembering, remember that college is setting you up for success down the road. Agreed. Agreed. I think those are great points. We talked a little bit about earlier in terms of mindset and talking about grit as a skill, and you said it was more of a mindset. I think that having a growth mindset is a very important tool, skill, however you want to frame it. I think it's more important than ever, and I think it's a real driver potentially for success. So do you think that people can develop a growth mindset over time? Is that a skill, a craft that can be developed like anything else? Yeah, for sure. That's kind of how the growth mindset is defined. As far as ability, like the growth mindset believes that your ability is not fixed. You're born with maybe with some potential, but reaching that potential is up to you. It's up to you how much you grow. The fixed mindset, I think it was Dr. Carol Dweck at Stanford who talked about this. She said the fixed mindset believes that your talent's innate your skills are your skills and your ability, your ability, but the growth mindset. Yeah, I think it can be learned. And I think in every situation, you know, whether it's in sports, like when you lose, okay, that's a learning opportunity. I'm reminded of how coach Beeline would always come in the locker room after games that we, we didn't lose many games when I was at Michigan, but whenever we would, he'd come in the locker room every single time and he'd say, we're going to watch the film of the game and find a way to get better from it. Growth mindset. We're going to look at what were the mistakes we made, and so that we can better set ourselves up for success down the road, right? And so I think just having that growth mindset in any circumstance is so important. If you have that growth mindset consistently, I don't think it's an if you'll achieve your goals. I think it's a when. If you're consistently looking to grow and get better and learn new things, learn new ways to add value, learn new skills or whatever, or develop your skills, like I said, it's not an if, it's a when. Yeah, I agree. I think there's also a difference between losing and getting beat, right? And what I mean by that is you could go out and if you lose because you didn't put your best effort out there and you didn't go in and act as a good teammate and all those things you should be doing and you lost, then that's a loss, right? But if you go out there and you give it your all, some days you can just get beat. Even if you do everything right and you have everything moving in the right direction, good teammate, et cetera. And that could be in business or in sport, right? There are times that you're going to get beat. So there are differences there. And I think having that growth mindset to understand the differences and break it down. And when you do lose, like your coach did at Michigan and learning from it, it's only going to make you better so that you don't lose again. And if somebody's going to beat you, they're going to beat you. You're not going to lose to them, right? Yeah, for sure. I like how you broke that down. There is definitely a difference between losing. It's like you never want to lose because of something that you control. Right. right? We should never lose a game in because we didn't play hard enough. We didn't run hard enough. We didn't. If the other team outplays you, take your hat off and say good game. It happens. If the business down the street or across town beats you, because they're more innovative, they do something better. Cool. But if it's something that you could control, if you don't, if you're not organized, if you don't follow up with people, don't play hard enough in business, metaphorically speaking. If you're only working 
20 hours a week and the other team's working 40, of course they're going to beat you. Obviously, that's just an example. But I'm like, yeah, my goal is to never lose in life because of something that I control. If I'm a bad husband, if I'm not helping my wife out, if I'm not finding ways to serve her, love her, honor her, add value to her life in some way, I just want to contribute. My goal in life is just to contribute and to add value to whatever situation I'm, I'm a part of. Like I said before about the team thing, it's like the way I want to contribute may not really be what I'm super excited about, but if that's what the team needs, if, if my wife needs me to do whatever it is, okay, that's how I can contribute at that time. And I think that's where like the real fulfillment in life comes from. I think it comes from contribution, contribution to something bigger than ourselves. I agree. So let's talk about that for a second, because I think this plays into it as well. When people hear your story, there's a bunch of tragedy in there, and then there's a bunch of success that comes out of it and, and a lot of good that's come out of the tragedy. And it's very easy for somebody like yourself to have not turned it into success and turned good out of these negative situations. So at the end of the day, what do you hope by going out and sharing your story and and sharing what had happened to your family on two occasions? What do you hope that people get and take away from your story ultimately? The reason I do what I do is to help other people overcome their challenges because everybody in the world faces challenges. And I really believe part of my purpose in life is to help other people thrive in the midst of them. And I think a lot of it, though, when people hear my story, my hope is that it just provides a little perspective, right? I feel like we can all use, and I can't speak for everybody that I've ever spoken to, which is probably 100,000 people over the years in total, right? Or whatever the number is. I can't speak for all of them, but I feel like most of us getting a little dose of perspective is never a bad thing, right? After my story, it's like people, hey, you know what? This kid can do it. If he can overcome his challenges, why can't I, right? And maybe people hear me speak one time. And then it's not like they walk out the door and their life is completely changed 180 degrees, but it's like, maybe they, they hear me speak. Maybe they're dealing with a challenge at that time, or maybe they experience a challenge in the near future after hearing me. Maybe some of my message could be top of mind or near top of mind. And okay, so I can approach this challenge with a growth mindset. I can look for the opportunity. It's not all negative. It's all negative if I fold in the face of this challenge, but if I find the opportunity in it, Maybe it'll make me better. I'm going to follow through on my commitments the way Coach Beeline did for Austin. As a leader, that's a responsibility that I think we have to follow through on our commitments and do what we said we're going to do, right? It's a very simple thing. And obviously for you, like you mentioned the fiduciary responsibility. I'm not in the financial advising space, but I think that's part of it, right? Commit to client, commit things to them and follow through on those, right? When circumstances are what we expected, that's easier to do. It's not always easy to follow through on our commitments, but it's easier when the circumstances are what we expect. But maybe circumstances change and make a commitment to someone. Okay, well, I'm still going to follow through on this because hearing the Coach Beeline story with us, I don't know. I don't know how my story impacts. Well, listen, my takeaway is I think there are two things that I take away from your story, and that is, one, a tremendous amount of perspective, right? When people are maybe beating yourself up because of a bad day or something like that, and then hearing your story and seeing what has come out of these terrible tragedies is amazing, right? So it gives a lot of perspective, and I think it also gives a lot of hope that if you do have that growth mindset, no matter how terrible things are, that there are opportunities to correct, improve, and utilizing grit 
to get and go wherever you and or your team, whether in life or business, want to go. So I think that those are two valuable takeaways in my view. And you can feel free to use those going forward if you want. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. As I said before, you know, I'm sure everybody that hears me speak takes away a little something different. Sure. Yeah. Agreed. It all depends on their own personal situation. Exactly. Yeah. And what and, they've been you know, through. Or like one of the things I talk about is with resilience, my dad always said, Oss, whatever you do, man, go big or go home. Like, just go big. We went big in the face of both plane crashes, but especially the second one, I was almost killed, right? And we found a way to make it to Michigan. And so it's like, if I, like I said before, if this kid can do it, why can't I, you know? Yeah. Well, listen, thank you so much, Austin, for sharing your story and some great insight. We end every show, each of our shows, by asking each of our guests the same question because we are about joy. We're about mindset, but we're also about more joy than mindset on the show. And the question is, what did you do today that brought you joy and put you in the right mindset for success? Well, I think there have been many things. Having a son, it's a a life-changing experience. This may sound odd, but we gave him a bath this morning. Right? <laughs> like bath time is so fun, and he loves it. And he giggles and he laughs, and that obviously makes us laugh too. And we're going to take a family walk here this afternoon, this evening, so that'll bring me joy. This conversation, sharing my message and testimony, has, brings me joy every single time. I feel so blessed to be in a position to do it. And yeah, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it, and hope the conversation will add value for those who listen. Yeah. Thank you so much, Austin. And we're going to have all of your information in the show notes, but if people really quick, if people want to connect with you, learn more about your story, find out more, what's the easiest and best place for them to do that? I'm on LinkedIn. That's probably the best way. I'm fairly active on there, or you can go to my website, www.austin-hatch.com. If you're interested in having me speak to whoever's listening, if anybody wants me to speak, you know, you can submit an inquiry on there, get in touch, and I'll personally get back to you very soon, within an hour. Put your phone number, your email, whatever you want to do, however I can add value, just let me know, and I'd love to have a conversation. Yeah, so check out Austin's story. Learn more about him if you need to have somebody teach you, your family, your organization about grit. Listen, I don't know any better person than him to do that considering his life experiences. So thank you so much for sharing this insight with our listeners, Austin, and make it a great day. You do the same. Thanks for having me. really appreciate it. I want to thank Austin Hatch for being a guest on the Midland Money Mindset. Austin has an incredible story. One that you have to read more than once to make sure you read things correctly. Most people, thankfully, have not experienced a plane crash, but to experience two of them and have your entire family taken from you as a result, not to mention one that had you nearly killed yourself, will have a tremendous impact. The fact that Austin has turned his story of tragedy and incomprehensible loss to triumph clearly has taken a great deal of grit. Austin should serve as a beacon of gratitude and inspiration for us all and have us thinking how we can use grit in our own lives. Austin Hatch and his motivational speaking can be found across most social media platforms. All the contact information needed to find them can be found in the show notes. Thank you for joining us this week on the Midland Money Mindset. Make sure you visit our website at midlandmoneymindset.com and smash the subscribe button so you don't miss a show. We encourage you to help others find our valuable content and please 
Don't keep us a secret. You can also schedule an Is There a Fit call right from our website or by using the link that you'll find in the description section of your podcast player or app. And be sure to join us for our next episode to learn more about getting your mind right when it comes to all things money. The opinions voiced in the Midland Money Mindset Show with Lawrence Sprung are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. No strategy ensures success or protects against loss. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial or tax advisor prior to investing. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. Guests on the Midland Money Mindset Show are not affiliated with CWM LLC.